Welcome to Rodeo Boulevard, where we discuss everything beyond the white lines and road signs of the rodeo industry. I'm Jen. And I'm Josh. Enjoy the next podcast. I am really excited to be kicking off January 2020 uh, with our first podcast of the year being Haven Medjid. Uh, he is the 2019 world champion calf roper, and he is from Miles City, Montana. Uh, the the visit that I was able to have with Haven is one that talks a lot about um, really the day-to-day aspects of life before you get to be a world champion and how you build a world champion mindset inside and outside the arena. So uh, it was fun for us to watch Haven win here in Montana, and we hope that we can share a little insight into Haven's career um, and wish him well along the way uh, and share with you some introspect from one of Montana's elite calf ropers and um, the newest world champion. Miles City, Montana. Haven, of course, as many of you know, is the 2019 world champion calf roper among uh, a large number of other accolades that he was able to accomplish this year in 2019. Haven, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So I want to take this visit today in just a little bit different direction. We've all had the pleasure of watching interviews and seeing you accomplish some amazing things this year. Uh, But I want to talk to you a little bit about how it came about, and not just the last year or two years, but I want to talk to you a little bit about your history in in not only the rodeo world, but in agriculture. Because I think oftentimes uh, our historical perspective gives us a lot more insight into the competitor that you are today. So if you don't mind, we'll just dive right in. Oh, yeah. So I know that... um, a lot of people know, but your family owns the Miles City Stockyards, correct? Yes, ma'am. How long have you guys had the stockyard? My dad's been a part of it for a long time. Shoot, I don't even know when he bought into it, but I think it's been six years or maybe seven this year that my family's uh, owned it by ourselves. And a lifetime of involvement on not only your dad's part, but your mom's part in the ag industry, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and you guys have, give me um, a little more detail, but a commercial cow-calf operation. I think you run some yearlings, but talk to us a little bit about the cattle operation there. Uh, My dad runs about, mm, I think he runs about 400 cows, mother cows, and then I got about 300 of my own cows. So, I mean, it's a full-time job out there besides running the sale barn. So we stay really busy with both of those. And, you know, I think that that's um, kind of a perfect segue into into where I'm going with this. Oftentimes, uh, we don't get an insight into the day-to-day life of uh, cowboys that have the success that you've had um, to understand what's developed them into the athlete that they are. And, Haven, I want to start out. We now know how involved your family is in, in the cattle industry. We know about the stockyards. But I want to take it back. Um, to kind of that first opportunity that you had that you recall being exposed to calf roping from a competitive viewpoint and maybe who kind of gave you that fire when you were young or who, who you watched that made you think, man, I really want to do that. Oh, I guess the first rodeo that I remember roping a calf in was the 4th of July rodeo in Perry, Montana. 
I wouldn't say I was very competitive because it took me two minutes to tie the calf down, and he jerked my shirt off, kicked me in the mouth, swelled my lips up, and it was over the 4th of July, so it was in front of a bunch of people. But that was the first rodeo that I ever competed in, in the calf roping, and it didn't go very well. But, um, you know, I guess, I don't know. I really I really watched Trevor Bazil my whole life. You know, he's obviously got 25 gold buckles for a reason, and um, I just have always tried to model my swing. You ever watch his first swing? It's big, open, and he rides a horse so good, and his flanking and tying is so good. I mean, he's just he's awesome all the way around, so that's the guy that's like my biggest idol that I've tried to just, just try to mock him, whatever he does and stuff, roping calves. That's just been a thing that I've always studied really hard. I've watched thousands of YouTube videos on him. I think that says a lot for the uh, the desire to be successful. You know, you can spend a great amount of time in the arena, um, but studying and research and dedication to the sport is something that goes so much farther than than running calves in the arena. What was the first school that you went to? Oh, shoot. I, I guess it had been Brent Lewis's Break. I went to a breakaway clinic one time that Brent put on in Broadus, Montana. Heck, I was probably a, I was probably a seventh grader or so. I went there, and mm-hmm. and I, I went to Brent's school. You know, Brent Lewis has helped me a bunch with my rope, and I've went and stayed at his house for a month over Christmas and roped with him. But I went to his school every year, uh, every year of my high school career. So I mean. It was that was one of the better schools out there that you could go to. You know, I've been to Joe Beaver's clinic and stuff, but uh, I've been to Brent's school quite a bit and had the opportunity to rope with him a lot. Yeah, Brent's uh, Brent's reputation, um, you know, you could say it precedes him, but historically he continues to prove how much he understands calf roping, how much he understands the form, and how good he is at teaching that to to uh, pass that along and allow competitors to succeed based on his his knowledge so the time that you've spent horseback outside of the arena do you think that that gives you an advantage in in the feel and understanding and timing and crosses over to the arena or or not no yes for sure I think uh, the more horses you ride the better off you're going to be in life you know um, not every horse is not very many horses are ever going to be the same. So I feel like the more horses you get to ride, the more different opportunities you are going to have because out there when you're rodeoing all year and if your horse goes down and you need to mount out, well, it's not going to be a big deal because if you're riding a bunch of different horses, you're going to know a bunch of different fields. So you're not just going to have one set field when you're out there rodeoing and stuff. So I, I think it's a big, big part of, of my success is because, I ride eight or nine horses every single day and getting to start young horses and take them till they're finished to, I mean, my mare wasn't that good when I bought her and, you know, I did a lot of work to get her to where she was and be able to win a gold buckle on her. So, um, you know, I credit that success to all my horses I've got to ride in my life. It's amazing the knowledge base that the, that those horses can give you and just the feel for, for how they're going to work and what to expect next. But I would I would be willing to wager that not only the time spent in the saddle on multiple different horses has affected you, 
But I have watched you and your family over the years, and and not only is your family a, a tremendous support system, as so many families are, we don't want to take that away from any other families, but your mom and dad have an exceptional ability of creating um, a, a dedication to the lifestyle, whether it be the ranch or the sale yard or your rodeo world, and an ability to pass on the desire to work. Do you think, um, tell me, do you have memories as a kid of things that, uh, I mean, in, in all sincerity, I remember cleaning the front of windbreaks with my dad at 5 o'clock in the morning and thinking, why, why didn't we get to do this at 10 or why didn't we get to do this at 1 after we ate lunch? And it was all part of my dad teaching me how to work and how to understand what the results of work are. Do you have memories like that of your mom and dad and the ways that they taught you to be determined? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember, uh, shoot, when we'd have a thousand head of calves that we'd have to feed and stuff in the mornings, and uh, we'd have, we never had any fancy cake wagons or uh, wagons that fed silage and stuff, so we'd have to pitch cake into the tractor bucket, and Dad would go dump it, and we'd have to put probably 15 buckets out, and we had to scoop shovel it out of a dump trailer. And I remember every morning at 4 o'clock waking up for that winter was one of the brutal winters because that was terrible filling those filling those bills up and not just that I mean there's lots of other experiences I mean you know we had to do 4-H in order to rodeo that was a big deal with my dad uh, he grew up showing cattle and flew all over the place and was a guy that took care of a bunch of people's cattle and flew over to Australia and stuff so that was a big deal and our family was showing cattle and stuff so he always made sure we he said if you guys want to rodeo you have to do do 4-H and have something so you have some money for later on down the road and stuff so there's a lot of different things that my parents have pushed us towards and um definitely I I know I never hung out with their friends in high school because my dad every day would call me after school and make sure I was headed home to go home and practice and stuff or take care of the cows because we didn't have really a hired hand when I was in high school. So I was in charge of the ranch and dad was in, dad was always in town. So was mom. They were always in, trying to keep the sale barn running and keep everything going smoothly. So my job was to go home and tend to the ranch and practice. You know, the, the other thing that I have found uh, impressive with your parents and, and I think it, it stands to reason in the success that you have is watching uh, between your sister and your brothers. They don't expect you all to follow the same goal path. What they do is allow you to go to those things that you have a desire in and succeed in, but expect you to work your hardest at. Um, it's interesting to see your, I guess, your middle brother, I guess is what you would say. He's a p football player, right? Yep. Um, and his desires maybe don't lean towards the rodeo arena at all, do they? No, he doesn't. I mean, he'll go out and ride every now and again, and but he doesn't rope anymore very much. So he he's kind of played football and stuff. And your your sister and your little brother, boy, they they love and crave the rodeo, correct? Yeah, they those two love it. It was uh it was pretty cool to see some snapshots of them at the NFR. I got to see your parents, but I didn't get to see them, but how excited they were. Um but tell me, do your parents have the same push um and 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 uh sorry, I have a little guy in the background. Do they have the same push 
and goals and aspirations for your siblings? I mean, do they are they at the arena or at the football field in the same way for all of you? Um, yeah. Or do they – go ahead. I always give my mom uh, crap because I was like, you guys let the, our two younger siblings, because Hayes and I are out of the house, so I always give them crap because I say, you guys just got soft after we left the house. Now you guys don't make them do nothing because we, we go out – and work cows, and they're like, gosh, we're tired. I'm like, does mom and dad even work you when we're gone or what? And so, but I know they're out there practicing and stuff, and, you know, dad makes sure they're out there practicing, and and that's a big deal. If you're going to get better, you can't get better sitting on the couch or watching TV. I mean, if you, you think about it, especially living in Montana, it ain't easy to get better in every opportunity down in the south, southern states. I mean, you figure there's – a hundred or a thousand kids for every one kid in Montana. I mean, that is trying to rodeo or rope or whatever you want to say, but I mean, so it's, it's a deal. It's not easy to come from the Northern States um, to become a great roper. So if you're, especially, I don't know, my parents have always said that if I shoot, I remember driving to Broadus all the time and stuff, they'd help me with fuel and uh, get there to practice. And, you know, that's a big deal. I know my brother and sister, they go to Miles City now that we have an indoor barn in there. And so dad makes sure they go there two or three times every week to keep practicing throughout the winter. But I don't think that you have that same uh, um, luxury. And honestly, I don't think anything's luxurious in the winter in Montana. Uh, But you didn't have the luxury of a barn that close, did you? Where do you have to travel to to rope in the winter? Um, I remember driving to Broadus, Montana, three times a week, every week. Uh, three or four times a week it didn't matter but that place or I've I've drove to the horse palace to practice or cottonwood equestrian I drove out there a lot um so it, it nothing was ever close to my house when it came to practicing in the winter and and you know you and I think of Montana and of course I'm from Colorado we think of things as close I mean you can run and have lunch and it takes an hour and that seems close to get there but for people that don't know Montana how far is it from broadest to mile city it's it's uh, eighty miles. It's an hour. So, so three times a week, and I wonder what the average temperature in the winter of Broadus is. Oh, I don't uh, know. There's a lot of cold days. That's yeah. That's no doubt. On that same topic, you know, people say it's not possible for somebody from Montana to win the world in the calf roping. Um, people say that it's not possible for somebody from Montana to be a great calf roper. I remember back to the days when our um, our families were high school rodeoing together and you could hear parents say, you know, our kids are going to go to Rock Springs to the high school finals and if they're calf ropers, they're just not going to stand a chance because they're from Montana. And I would say that um, I would say that you have done everything you can do, not even trying to prove them wrong, but proving them wrong. Work ethic that that it doesn't matter where you're from. The opportunity is there as long as you work at it, right? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's all the mindset. I mean, that's people's biggest struggle out in the world today is they go into everything negative. I mean, you're already beat if you go into something like that. So, that, I mean, it's no point even trying if you're not going to believe in yourself that you can win and be the best that you can ever be. That's no doubt. That's a, that brings up the next thing I have right here on my list that I wanted to talk to you about. I find it so interesting to watch competitors um, understand the mental aspect of the game. And I think that 
I watched you at the Canadian finals this year. We watched highlights of the Ram finals, you know, the college finals, the NFR. Do you get your competitive strength, your mental strength, from a specific source? Did you have someone that helped you with that? Or has that just been built up of years of, of do it right in the arena at home and it, it transfers over? I, I'd honestly, I can credit that to myself. You know, that's something that I've really focused on, not just this year, but, I mean, my whole life is something I've always tried to perfect stuff, um, especially my roping. So if you're going to perfect your roping, you have to perfect your mental game because mental game – I would say is 85% of rodeo. You know, you're not obviously going to draw the best calf or not going to have the best conditions every time, but you have to try to max out every opportunity you can on a bad calf or a good calf. I mean, you have to take full advantage of every situation because just like this year, it came down to $1,200. Well, that could have came down to one broken barrier down the road. I mean, it was, I mean, that's a lot of stuff you think about. And so, I mean, mental game, to me is believing in yourself and uh, always don't think you're better than anybody else. I mean, obviously that's part of being um, part of believing in yourself, but I mean, you don't want to get full of yourself and get cocky and stuff. So you, you know, something I always tell myself before I get ready is everybody puts their jeans on the same way and as you do. So you're, that's just a thing I've always told myself before I rope. And um, so I just try to always stay level-headed and uh, believe believe in what I've put all my time and work into. So, so it just I don't know how you describe it, but it it just all comes down to that run. And so I try to just focus it and prepare those runs in my mind because especially before the NFR, when I hurt my ankle 24 days before, I mean all I could think about is not getting the rope in the national finals and people calling me and say, "Are you going to rope? Are you going to rope?" Well, obviously I'm. I'm not going to turn out of the, my first na- national finals. And so, you know, you can just think about all the things that I could have been thinking about. Gosh, dang it. Just not seeing everybody's practice videos before the national finals. It was hard because I was like, gosh, I can't even practice. I got to run two calves before going to the biggest rodeo of the year. and Something I've dreamt of my whole life. And I didn't even get to prepare myself, honestly. So that was a biggest deal with my mental game right there is just uh, accepting I got, it was God's plan and, you know, just believing in myself that I've worked my whole life for this, so I don't need to sit there and practice. You know, I can run all those calves in my mind and train my mind. And that was a big deal for me is just to keep believing in myself and every, everything would be all right. That was going to be what I was going to next ask you is um, something you just mentioned. You said running those calves in your mind. So tell me, is there a process that you follow you know, they draw an hour, hour and a half before the perf, and you get the draw, and you're in Vegas. Do you run that cap in your mind 15 times? Do you make the perfect run in your mind? Um, how how do you handle that, let's say, from the draw to the corner through the run? What does what, what your mental game look like? Yeah, you know, I, I run some calves, but the biggest deal I tell myself before I ride in the box is score riding rope, you know, um, just to react. You know, you can't do anything because it don't matter how good that calf is. She might do something stupid and uh, cost you something. So my biggest deal is not to overthink it. You know, people will sit there and run them calves in their mind a hundred times, but, well, shit, what if she goes out and takes a different pattern and you ain't even ready for it? So 
my biggest deal is reacting, you know. Um, if calf steps left and you thought she was going to go right, well, you have to react right away. So my biggest deal is just reacting to the situation. You know, I never set my mind on one thing. You know, you, you run, you'll run that calf in your mind and uh, picture that it'd be a great run, but I try not to set myself on something like that because I want to be able to react to the situation. And with with the foundation, what we've worked for our whole life, training our mind and muscle how to make those so that's that's when I talk about reacting to the situation is whatever happens you're going to be able to react and go through the motions and make the best run that you're supposed to make yeah that's that's awesome and I hope that everybody really listens to that and thinks about that as they work um, work towards you know preparing themselves for a run the last thing I specifically want to ask you about your calf roping is you talk about Beyonce and finding her on Facebook, and everybody's heard you say that you found her on Facebook. Um, but what was it? What do you look for in a horse? What catches your eye that makes you stop and say, I think that's going to be a good one? Oh, you know, honestly, is I've rode a lot of horses in my life, so getting to ride one, you know, Beyonce – Heck, the only reason I bought her is because she could run so fast because I knew she had the speed, and I've never rode a horse that could run as hard as her. And Thank God I did because it all paid off. But, like, when I'm looking at prospects and stuff, is I'm always trying to find a broke horse that's got great foot speed, you know. You're not going to get very far in life with a slow horse, so you always got to look into horses that got good foot speed and a good mind. And so that's the that's first thing that I'm always – anything i mean especially outside ranching and stuff you know i like to if i'm going to buy a prospect dang sure i want them to go through the process of being outside you know being out there dragging calves to the barn in the winter um pushing calves up the sale barn and stuff and dragging calves to the fire and gathering having big days on them out there is a big deal before i rope on them in the arena you know i want them to to, i want to know if they can handle those days out there because the rodeo road is not easy let alone being out on the ranch all day, um, riding all the miles and stuff. So I want to just, I want to see if they're going to, if they're built to last. That's outstanding. I think that's exactly what I was getting at. And I think there's a lot of people that can take a lot of value in hearing how you pick your horses. And then also thinking about that work ethic. Once again, we expect work worth ethic out of ourselves and we need that same work ethic out of our rodeo horses in order to be successful. So with that, Haven, I want to tell you um, congratulations. We uh, we are we are proud of you. We are excited for you. We're excited to watch the future. Um, on a personal note, I got to say we stood there every single night and held our breath while you made a run, yeah. just simply because we we're so excited and proud of you. So it's been fun. It's been a fun ride to watch you. Um, but I do know that you can't get down the road without sponsors um, and without supporters. And I don't know if oftentimes in these interviews we give our, our guys enough chance to thank the people that have helped them. So is there anybody that you that you need to give a shout-out to and, and appreciate for getting you where you are? Oh, I mean, obviously my parents would be the first people to thank you know, all my family and stuff because without them I wouldn't be anywhere in life. You know, my mom and dad, like we talked, they have gave uh, not only me but my, my siblings and I uh, every opportunity in life to do whatever we want and be successful at. So without them, 
I wouldn't be anywhere. And, you know, all your family and friends, you know, um, Brett Fleming, he's a guy that's helped me a bunch with my calf rope, and he's helped me since I was an eighth grader. So he's been a guy that's been a very uh, big impact in my career. And also, I mean, all my sponsors, you know, they get you up and down the road, and without them, it'd be hard to get up and down the road because it ain't cheap, and let alone it's not easy out there. So without them helping me keep Beyonce and all my horses um, always on tip-top shape. So without them guys, you know, it's hard to do it. And I just can't thank everybody enough for everything they do for for my family and I. Well, Haven, thank you for taking the time to visit with us. Um, the one thing that you said that I think we need to pass along to kids, competitors, um, I was going to ask you if you had an inspirational quote or something that motivates you, but something you said I think is would do more for others. And that was that thing you said about riding or, or, you know, before you make your run, you said score, ride, and rope. And I think that's an easy thing to end with. So we would tell kids out there in every event, honestly, you can make it work for, but especially in our timed events, um, you guys have it. You heard it right here. Haven says score, ride, and rope. Haven, thanks for uh, being an inspiration to us. Thanks for working hard and giving Montana something to um, cheer for. And we can't wait to see where you go from here. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Beaverhead Home and Ranch for bringing you the latest podcast. Until next time, keep your truck tires turning towards your next goal. And remember, ride to your spot every time.